0: So uh, I don't know about you, but that song gets stuck in my head all week long. Uh, It's just one of those things for me that I'm just learning to accept that that song is going to be there no matter what. Hey, uh, so for those of y'all that were with us last week, um, we started a new series called Be Positive. And we talked that there's a reason. And I've discovered that. Of all the sermons that I think I've ever preached, that may be the one that hit most of us right where we are because I don't know if right now you're in that season of of darkness or depression or if you've been in that season, but I've had more conversations with you as my family this week than any other sermon I've ever dealt in. And I think there's a reason. I think it's because... If you're in that season, it's so therapeutic to share it, just to kind of get it out there that you've been in that kind of depressed state, and you want somebody to know that that they're there with you. And and man, I hope you know, as your pastor, that um, anybody that takes this stage is real. Um, that none of us doesn't have a backstory. That all of us that teach or sing or lead we all have a story just like yours we all need the same Jesus and because of that we can all be real and I want to encourage you to share your story the worst thing you can do is allow the enemy to get your silence Um, just get you as quiet as you can be and never share it because there's so much being built into you God has crafted you you are his best work and because of that your life is a testimony to everybody around you about what Jesus can do alone. So don't be afraid to share your story. Um, I encourage you, if you're going through a dark season or you've been in one where you're just depressed and you don't know where to turn, please reach out. Just know this, I shared my story last week. That's where I'm coming from, and that's the season I'm coming out of. So you can know this, you won't be judged, but you need to share it. You need to tell your story because the enemy wants you to be isolated and alone. But that is not how God built the church. He built us to be together. So be together with us. Share your story. Maybe you needed more, you know, more examples of people that are going through that so you would share your story. So let me give you some names. Emily Dickerson. Abraham Lincoln. Isaac Newton. William Sherman. Maybe you just need Bible names. David. Elijah. Job. Moses, Jeremiah, and this week I was reading in my Bible. I was going back to the Old Testament. Right, right now I'm in Romans uh, reading through my Bible this year, but I went back and this verse stuck out to me, Isaiah 53.3. It describes Jesus in this way. He will be a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. So if you, don't, if you need no other name, hear this name. Jesus knows how you feel. He knows it and he's lived it and he's been victorious through it. So do not find yourself isolated. Know that even your Savior knows your heart and how you feel. Man, that was so good for me. Isaiah 53.3, if you need it, write it down. Because I'm telling you, that is, that is awesome for me as I've gone through this season. I needed to know that Jesus knew my heart and has felt what I'm feeling. Because when you're depressed, you feel like nobody can understand. That no one could feel how you feel. And so that verse reminds me that Jesus does. And man, you imagine just for a second everything that Jesus went through emotionally to make that scripture truth. That he would be accepting everything that we accepted in the human condition. Everything he would have had to experience to experience what you and I are experiencing. So you can know this, no matter where you are in your walk with him, he's got you. He understands you and he loves you. I heard somebody say uh, last week, I think it was like Wednesday, they sent me an email and they said, Pastor Kyle, I've always thought that God was so mad at me that I was so down. And I just didn't get that he loved me even despite that. And maybe that's where you are today. You feel like God just is mad at you because you're depressed. God loves you. He made a plan for your life. He's got you. He desperately cares for you. So that is his nature. So just know this, because of your nature, how you may feel like your seasons have changed doesn't change God's. He loves you desperately. So today we're going to start in Ephesians. Last week we kind of laid some groundwork. Uh, We started when it was first introduced, when Paul goes through the Ephesus area and we went through revelation how the church ended and today we're going to start right in the middle of their story in Ephesians chapter 1 I'm going to start with the third verse but I'll just give you the kind of intro if you will Paul is writing and he's saying to them listen here's a letter I hope you get this I hope you understand it so he writes to the church he's like you faithful saints listen closely and it says this praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ Who has blessed us in Christ and every spiritual blessing in the heavens. For, I love this. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted through Jesus Christ for himself. According to his favor and will. To the praise of his glorious grace that he favored us within the beloved. We have redemption, the scripture says, in him through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to his riches of his grace, they lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he planned in him. For the administration of the days of fulfillment, to bring everything together in the Messiah, both things in heaven and on earth, in him. We have also received an inheritance in him, predestined according to the purpose of the one who works out everything in agreement with the decision of his will so that we who have already put our hope in the Messiah might also bring praise to his glory when you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation when you believed in him you were also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit that is good news y'all he is the down payment of our inheritance for the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory as Paul's writing the church you can hear the argument you know, as Paul writes back to all the churches, there is this turmoil, if you will. He, he would help a church get birthed, or he would come alongside a, a home church that was already there, and he would push away all of the arguments. He would bring them right back to the gospel, and he would tell them, don't lose sight of Jesus. Don't keep adding or minusing away. Stick to the gospel. And so as they're capturing this, you can see it in every letter Paul writes, and especially to Ephesus, As he writes to them, he's telling them, listen, I'm going to go back again and remind you of what I taught you. Don't lose this. Don't get lost in all the outside teaching that's pressing in on you. Hold to the gospel. It's what we get lost in, really. You see, the gospel is so sweet and so good that it should change our very DNA. And those in Christ, that's exactly what it does. It starts to produce fruit in your life that's an incapability for the rest of the human race outside of Jesus. Because it says it's the fruits of a normal human being is sin. That's the best we can come up with. We're sinful. That's the best the human condition can produce. And and it's marked throughout Scripture of that being fruit of people that are outside of Christ. But those in Jesus start to produce things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness and faithfulness. Those are things the world can't produce without Jesus. So it changes who we are. If I go in my backyard today and I plant an apple tree, what will it grow? Apples. Man, you are good today. You know why? Because it's an apple tree. It will not produce oranges. Because it would have to be in... Orange tree. So why should we think that those outside of Jesus should produce Jesus things? It's an, it's an incapability. A lost world cannot produce things that we're asking them to produce. They cannot be of a sound mind outside of Christ. They cannot hold to truth. They can't hold to the law. It's an incapability. That's why those in Christ must show him so diligently. And that's why when we're in times of depression, we need to do the things that Jesus asked us to do. we got to start following the steps he gave us. And I mean, I'm taking my own medicine today, I'm telling you. I'm not preaching this sermon where I'm pointing all the fingers your direction. I've heard it said before that when you point at somebody, you always have three fingers pointing back at you. So just realize as I preach today, I'm taking my own medicine. And so today, let's look at what the scripture tells us. The first is this, that it gives us a reason to praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. How big is that? To get the spiritual blessings from heaven. There's people every day that are are going to uh, the Pope for blessing. And he's a man And and they will take large trips to go to places to be blessed by touching spiritual artifacts and things. We get a blessing from heaven. And it's poured into us. Let me tell you, I really believe this in depression. It is the first step is to praise in the storm. And you can do that by acknowledging what's happening in your life. That you're being poured into constantly from the greatest source ever. I saw a study the other day that had all these glasses of water out on a table at Central Park. And they asked people to come up and try them. They said, do you drink water? And they're like, yes. And they're like, oh, good, because you're a human. Um, They said, but do you drink out of water bottles? Oh, I only drink the best. And so they had them taste test five waters. Not marked. Just kind of said, taste it. Tell us which one you think is best. And they let them lay out numbers, you know, one through five. They revealed the worst tasting was the water they bought. They're like, oh. They got to number five, out of Central Park. Imagine that for a second. I mean, we tell our kids today not to drink out of fountains, don't we? Have you ever done that to your kids? Oh, that's disgusting. We drank out of water hoses from our neighbor's house. We didn't even know what had been on that water hose, but it was delicious. And our world is tasting what they think is the best. They they have tried every source to find the best. And they're drinking from the worst. God is the best. And so when the storm is happening, I heard this the other day and it spoke to me. When a storm is happening in your life, look up and open your mouth. Rain is coming. Y'all remember doing that as kids? My kids do this. We still kind of do it as a family. It starts raining in Amarillo. You better get in a part of it. But uh, we go outside still and we dance in the rain a little bit. And any of y'all do this as a kid? You got like two drops, didn't you? It could be pouring rain and you get two drops every time. It's like you're completely soaked. Two drops. You remember how that tasted? If you grew up in West Texas, it tastes like dirt because it flew through dirt. But if you grew up in West Texas, you already had dirt in your mouth to begin with. It doesn't make much of a difference. It's great, though, because it's fresh. Isn't it funny? Our world keeps going to the gutters to taste the water when it's fallen straight from heaven. And in our depressed state, in our times where we feel caved in upon, the Lord will send the rain. I I think sometimes we have a bad version of storms. You know, for farmers, in the summer when it rains, they think of one word, hail. Because in the summer, rain comes with hail. And they want to protect their crops. So they're a little weary of storms, but you know what they pray for all the time? Storms. They pray for it. And we ask God to change us and mold us. Maybe you've been in the sanctuary and you've done that. Lord, would you shape me into who you want me to be? God, would you, would you let Jesus change my life? And then when he does, we pray, God, how could you send this to me? This is too much. I, I want her to be just fine. And the Lord's like, you are not fine. You are broken. I always think that God takes us and breaks us against the wall. But God is not in that business. God is a potter. He is shaping us constantly. We just need to stay moldable. That's our job. Stay moldable. Praise in the storm. This verse tells us this next. Know that you're chosen by God for what? Perfection. Will you have it this side of heaven? No. But you were made for that for eternity because you're made in whose image? His image. And he is perfect. He is perfect. So you are created for him, by him, for a purpose. And that's him. You're created and chosen by God. Every person on this planet bears his resemblance. Every once in a while, my dad will take a break. My dad's a pastor in Oklahoma. And he'll come to church here with us, and everybody goes, uh, I can tell you are your dad's son. And I always go, thank the Lord. Because if not, I don't know whose I'd be, right? But I look like my dad. I mean, it could be worse. Um, So I, I look like my dad. We just bear resemblance to one another. And I'm okay with that. My kids look like a mixture of Perfection in April and weirdo in me. And that's okay with me. I want them to look like us because they're mine. You look like God. You look just like him. And just look around the room for a second. We all look different. We, We just do. We have different fingerprints. We have different likes and hobbies. But you know what's amazing about that? From the very beginning of time, God created you for his purpose. And you can go through your whole life and ignore it. Because everything in creation is crying out God. I mean, very creation itself, the trees outside, the little ones that we have. They're telling you that there's a maker. We have no excuse to not say, I get there's a God. And I really believe in every person on the planet, even those that claim there is no God. Inside of them is a voice saying, yes, there is. Yes, there is. And one day we'll all get to prove that. One day we'll all stand before him. And on that day, he will get to look in the eyes of people that heard him say, yes, there is, a million times in their lifetime. And will go, oh, no. But not me. And not you. You see, we're going to make our hope in Jesus. And from the very beginning of time, he put in place a chosen seal for all of the human race. That he would like it that none should perish, but that all would call upon Jesus. Everyone. He made a way for everyone. Heaven is big enough for everyone. He made it so good, and he made the path to God so great. How could we ignore it? I know in my times as as I've gone through this season in my life, and I'm I'm spending the time with the Lord in Scripture and in prayer, that as I'm going through it, I'm like, Lord, how can I feel like this when I know how good you are? It's just like the Lord and I are having this ongoing conversation about, should I ever feel down when he's so good? And, And you would say this, no, you shouldn't. And I'm like, well, I don't want to. And you don't want to, right? I mean, we want to be the kind of Christians that when people walk in and ask us how our day is going, we don't have to lie. We don't have to be like, it's great. They walk away and you go. But there's just times in there. And I believe in those times we need to be reminded that the Lord is our shepherd. Remember that part of that verse that says, And even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Did you know it doesn't end there? It starts with a shepherd that lays us down beside still waters. He renews our soul. That's nice. And then he takes us into this terrible scene of death. It's the valley of the shadow of death. And it says, and even in that time, you're the kind of shepherd that's right there. I, I can feel it. Rod and staff, they comfort me. And then it keeps going. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I believe this. In our lives, we will have multiple times to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. There will be one time. That that shadow of death will lead to an everlasting life one way or another. An eternal place that is a separation from God and a place called hell. It is a place reserved for those that see the truth of Jesus and deny it and reject it. And then there's a place called heaven. And this place is reserved for those that put their hope and faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And so the shepherd that's talked about in Psalms is the same shepherd that says, I'm the gate, and I'm the good shepherd, and the sheep know my voice. Jesus sets up a whole new way of thinking for people, that no matter how we feel in our hearts, he never becomes less a shepherd. He's there with us in the still moments, and he's there in the valleys. Same shepherd. So no matter where you are, no matter why I am in my heart, he is there. He's there for you. You you may think, how could he be? You don't know how much I've done, how terrible I've been, lest we forget that he is the same Lord that says he leaves the 99 and goes after the one. Because even if you feel distant, you can know this, he's with you. We don't have to be good sheep we just have to be his he'll take care of the rest you know a shepherd does something unique he always brings them in with the rest of the sheep get back with the sheep get back with the sheep that's why we get together in this room because we need each other but we all need the same shepherd we all need him even though, this is what the Scripture tells us next, even though we are broken, redemption is open. I, this is the most mesmerizing thing about faith to me. Even when I'm terrible, the Lord is still great. Even when I'm broken, he is still a good potter. He's always there. He is always there. He is always what? There. And that is a promise I keep holding on to. Because in my dark walk that I've been through, the enemy always says this, where is he? I mean, you don't feel him right now, do you? I mean, if God is God, where is he? I always think this is interesting. I always remind the enemy that God is there. He's there. You ever feel picked on by the enemy? I mean, we can be honest, right? Like, when one thing happens in your life, four things happen, right? It's never just that, oh, you got pushed a little bit by the enemy. It's like he pushes you and kicks your dog. And you're like, what? Come on. And then another thing happens. And another thing happens. And finally, you're just like, I can't take one more thing. I don't know who we think we're talking to like that, but we all become a teenage girl, right? Yelling at her parents from down the hall about to slam the door. I can't take one more thing. And then that one more thing happens. Am I the only one? Y'all are with me? It's just like it piles up. And then you finally get to that point of going, "I, I literally cannot take any more. And God goes, whoa, 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 whoa. I'll take it all. I'll take it all. You see, the cross is so good and so rich of a moment that Jesus could take all of our junk, all of our mistakes, all of our sin, all at once and go covered. I got this. I got you. And when we're fighting and we're going, I can do this. He's like, that's not going to work, but go ahead. And when we finally get tired. He goes, I'll take it from here. When I was a kid, I can remember watching wrestling on TV this one wrestling was good Hulk Hogan Roddy Roddy Piper and the ultimate warrior I love the ultimate warrior he was crazy and as a kid I wasn't allowed to be that crazy I, I grew up in a good house where I got spanked the crazy out of me um but the ultimate warrior you know other guys when they'd start the music they'd walk in and they'd point at the crowd You know, Hulk Hogan would wave at everybody. He'd do the, you know, went, oh, yay, not the Ultimate Warrior. They cued the music, and he ran into the ring. He jumped on the side of the ring, and he shook it. And I was like, yeah, because a little bit of the inside of me that had gotten spanked out of me was ADHD. (laughs) And it was there on the screen in front of me just, oh, and it's glory. And I'll never forget, he tag-teamed. He tag-teamed with Junkyard Dog. Yeah! Junkyard Dog. He, that dude walked in in full pants. I loved wrestlers with full pants. And he'd walk in, he had a chain around his neck. And he came in and he'd set that chain down. ka Ultimate Warrior gets in. I can't remember who they're wrestling with. They start and they're just whipping the Ultimate Wrestler. Just wow, wham. You know, they're picking him up and dropping him on his head and he still gets up because that's what you do. And at the end, Ultimate Warrior's like, "Huh, oh, oh, And Junkyard Dog goes. Tag me. Come on over. Tags Junkyard Dog. He jumps in the ring. Guy on the other end goes, whoa, 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 Junkyard Dog. Whoa. Junkyard Dog is like, come on over. He picks the guy, but he just drops him on the mat. And he, One, two, three, it's over. Because Junkyard Dog got in the ring. Some of us are fighting an amazing fight for our lives. We're fighting an amazing thing for our sanity, our Our courage, whatever it is. And we've been fighting and fighting and fighting. And all along, God is standing there and he's going, you're a little over the top. Tag me in. I've got this fight. i got all of this. Tag me in. And man, we're still fighting. No, I've got this. My heart's broken, but i got this, bro. I believe the way out of darkness and depression is to tag God in. And let him do what he's always promised he would do he always is enough he always will lead us he's always our sustainer he is a lover of our souls and because of that he's there and he's got you it's time to stop fighting these fights that are going to only lead to us getting whipped and giving our everything over to Jesus Because we we serve a God, and this is what the scripture teaches us. We serve a God who has not hidden himself from us. He doesn't stand far off and hope that we catch a glimpse of him. He is a God who is near to us. And he loves you so much that he wants to meet your needs by him. He loves you that much. He desperately loves you. The scripture teaches us that we have been given an inheritance because you are made his family. You're given an inheritance because he's got it. And he wants to give it to you. He richly wants to pour into your life. He wants you to know what it means to be full of him. You see, our world is going to teach you to be rich. is to be rich how the world sees it. And God wants you to be rich in him. He will give you more than enough in Him. I remember praying as a kid, God, I really want this toy, and so I need you to give me $100. And I'd pray that prayer and pray that prayer and pray that prayer, and you know what I never got? $100. Still to this day, I don't have $100. Lord, what is going on? I really want that game system. Um, But do do you capture it? When we start to pray for our Desires, God goes, wait, 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 wait. Search my heart. I will give you the right desires. I will give you what you need. In fact, I will give you in abundance what you need. What you want is a whole different story. Lest we forget that Jesus is in the garden and he's desperately praying and he says, Lord, if you can let this cup pass from me, if if this can just go a different way, I know what I'm about to anticipate. But not my will, but yours be done. Amen. That should be our prayer as well. Remember the prayer that Jesus teaches the disciples? They're all around and they're kind of walking through things, how they should do it. And he says, hey, but when you pray, you should pray a little bit like this. And we all get it. It's the Lord's Prayer, right? And, and he starts to teach it. And then he says, and give us this day our daily bread. Can you imagine if that's the real prayer that we prayed? Because we don't pray for our daily bread. We pray for, Lord, give us this day our daily buffet. Because I want to be happy and healthy. And the Lord's like, you don't even know what that means. Like we've forgotten how to pursue the heart of God. Such that we don't even know how to find our hearts anymore. We've, we've slipped somewhere. And I know in, in this dark walk that I've been in as God's leading me forward, I had to really pray that God, teach me to love your heart. Teach me just to fall in love with that because that's what I want to have in my life. The last is we don't have to worry about a fallout with God because he holds on to us. Scripture says that when you're saved, the Holy Spirit seals you. And I love that thought. I had a best friend growing up that his grandmother bought that whole ceiling system. It's like Tupperware that had a vacuum attachment. Y'all remember these? You'd put your stuff in the Tupperware, you'd set the vacuum up. Some of y'all may still have these, and if so, share the wealth. Anyways, um, you'd set the vacuum up, and you'd turn it on, and it would suction out all the air. Because Tupperware was not good enough, you had to pull the air out of the Tupperware. Any of y'all remember what it was like pulling the lid off of those things? I mean, Tupperware, if you got good Tupperware, you had to have, like, fingernails or, a, you know, a screwdriver to pop them open. But these were suction-sealed Tupperware. I mean, you could turn it upside down and nothing moved. It was like, like, all of the gravy then became this thin instead of that thick, you know. It was thin. And I'll never forget, she invited us over and she said, boys, I just cooked yesterday. Y'all can go in the kitchen and find anything you want and heat it up. And so we, we went in there, and we're like, how do you open this thing? And she goes, oh, you have to pull the tab on the other side. Y'all remember this? It's this little fancy tab. You'd go, you're like, oh. And you just pull it open like it was magic. And I just remember us little guys, we're just straining. And she walks in, a little grandma hunched over, and she just shaky hands goes, shh. We were like, oh, magic. I, I think we forget. Because we, we feel like in our dark places, and the enemy teaches us this, that we should say we don't know God. That we don't have a relationship with him or we wouldn't feel the way we feel. And Let me just tell you this. Those of you who have put your hope and your faith in Jesus Christ, you believe who he says he is. Even though we go through darkness, we don't have to hold on to God. He holds on to us. We are not the good shepherd. We're not even a great shepherd. We're not even an okay shepherd. We're sheep. He's got our back. He can take care of you. He can meet your needs and he loves you desperately. So today if you're where I've been and where I'm coming out of and, and you're in this dark place and you've been walking and you feel distant from God and you feel like you're just not connecting, today's your day to be reminded God loves you. And he really does know who you are and where you are and what you're thinking and how your heart is. He knows it because he made it. He knows it because he crafted it. And he knows it because he watches it. He desperately loves you. And today, if you don't know him, if you don't know Jesus, you you have not put your belief in him, your trust in him. You've never said in your life, I believe that Jesus is who he says he is. That he did rise on three days from a death. And he did pay the price for my sins. And now today I want to put my hope and my faith in him. He can lead me from here on out because I do a bad job of being a shepherd. If that's you, you need to make it known. Be bold in that. You know what sheep can't do, by the way? Be quiet. You ever been around sheep? They all like to talk to one another and everything else. That's why we need a shepherd. So don't be a silent sheep right now. Don't be quiet now and don't be afraid right now because you have a shepherd who loves you. And he desperately wants to change your life like he wants to change mine. So let's put our hope and faith in him. Let's make him the savior of our lives and let's do it today. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, we have a real reason, Lord, to be optimistic. Lord, we have a real reason, Lord, on why we have a good outlook because God, you're there for us. Lord, what's more is you set an inheritance before us. Lord, what's more is you even hold on to us when we feel like we can't hold on to anything. You are so there for us. And so, Lord, we pray that we would recognize that today, that you desperately love us. And that you want to help us in each step of our walk, starting right now and today. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen. Hey, why don't you stand with me? Out in the foyer today, we have these gumballs. And I was thinking about it as our service was starting, as, as our team started to lead off with Shake. And I, I was thinking about what a difference it would make if we added just one little thing to our hearts today, one optimistic outlook, a, a little small gesture this morning before God to say, God, you are good and you are holy and we desperately need you. Today, let me ask you this, would you take a bite out of that dark place getting giving one more piece of to the Lord. It can be so small but it can add flavor to your life like you could not even imagine. But it's, now is your time. Today is your day. Right now is the moment. So as we sing, I'm going to invite you to come. I'd love to meet with you. I'd love to talk you. all have a couple of guys here with me. We would love to pray over you. We'd love to see what the Lord could do with the life that you may feel like you've been in darkness, but you don't have to leave today that way. Today is your day to see the change that Jesus Christ brings. So as we sing, you come this morning. Let's make him known.